Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. All you theater lovers, both out and proud and on the DL, and welcome back to Broadway Breakdown, a podcast discussing the history and legacy of American theater's most exclusive address, Broadway. Normally, we would be doing the big move, and we will get to her next week. But as a nice transitional bonus episode, I want to talk about a show that is off-Broadway and chose not to move to Broadway because they recognize the moment, and the moment is now. And I have with me my second favorite redhead, but my favorite redhead with legs. <laughs> she knows all things about this show, all things about the subject matter of this show. And she's become a very fast dear friend of mine. Please welcome Courtney Bassett. <laughs> of, otherwise known as Courtney Bassett. Courtney Bassett of Titanic. I love that. Bonjour, Matt Koplik. Thank you for having me. Bonjour. Uh, thank you so much for being here. So, Courtney... Um, I know we haven't known each other very long, but I feel like you have gotten to know me pretty well through texts, meeting, social media. And yes. you know that I'm a very discerning faggot. Yes, you are. I, I Earlier today, I called you a fagot of the highest order. Uh, yes, I'm the fagot, G-O-A-T. <laughs> yes! But, but, <laughs> but my, my point being, uh, I have pretty discerning standards. I've been very open on this pod about how much I love Kimberly Akimbo and been underwhelmed by other shows. Uh, when I tell you that Titanic is tied with Kimberly Kimbo as my favorite musical of this season, I'm not saying this to blow a smoke up your ass, and it's not because you're so pretty and sitting in front of me. <laughs> I've seen it three times. I ad- And the last time I saw it, you were on a Celine, and we will get to all of that. <laughs> and I got to tell you this. I don't think I told you this at the time. After the show, I got recognized by someone in the audience. They were like, oh, my God, hey, you're Matt Coplick. And I was like, Yes, I am. Yeah. And that was the joy of that moment was second only to watching Titanic for a third time. <laughs> wow, work, Matt. You got recognized before I did. Oh my <laughs> At God. your own show. No yes. <laughs> well, technically it was the second time. The first time I was at the Schubert Alley as I was waiting for my mom to go see Kimberly Akimbo for a fifth time. But um, th- th- it has happened twice in my life in those short periods of time, I don't expect it to happen for another five or six years. Uh, I assume you're going to get recognized far more often, much more quickly. Well, here's a funny story about being outside of a stage door. Just, just really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody pretended to be my brother outside of the great comet on Broadway. My brother, my actual blood brother did not get to come see the show while it was running on Broadway, but someone pretended to be my brother. What was their end game? I don't, I really don't know. Just to like get it, just to feel good, just to feel cool. So they just said it, they didn't like get to come into the theater or, or did they? No, they just told everybody. They were like, I'm <sighs> Courtney Bassett's brother. The Bassett brothers? The, ba- the Bassett brothers, the like Bass- blood brothers. The, like, tell me it's not true. <laughs> Which is a musical that I saw. When did you see it? I saw Blood Brothers on a trip with my high school drama club. 
when I was 18 years old. That's amazing. I saw Blood Brothers at Everyone Take a Shot, Stage Door Manor Performing Arts Center. L-O-L. That show is bonkers. I did an episode on it with Kyle Marshall, and we basically were like, take a shot every time they mention Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Anywho. Courtney. We, I, I, there's going to be no structure for this episode. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to gab, and I want to talk about your journey with the show. I, I want to talk about the show itself. I want to talk about Great Comet as well. Uh, I also, in my research, remembered that you have done Ruthless, and I want to ask you about that. <laughs> I do have an episode about Ruthless. That, talk about a show written by and made for faggots. It is that show. <laughs> Which is ironic, because that... that uh, pr- that show is mostly all women. Sylvia can be played by a uh, man in drag, but uh, yes, and yeah. along with I. Well, first of all, I'll yeah. say that I was not out of the closet when I did Ruthless the Musical. Oh no, I am now. Hehe, <laughs> just th- your was average that, anxiety that that did it for you? bisexual. Uh, that wasn't the show that did it for me, but I will say that I played Eve mm-hmm. slash Louise. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. But I understudied Sylvia. Ooh. And I went on covering a man playing a woman. Mm-hmm. So I was a woman playing a man playing a woman. Very Victor Victoria. Very gay. Very gay. I love that. <laughs> what did you say? Anxiety riddled bisexual? I'm just your average anxiety riddled, happy bisexual. Now she is. Yes. <laughs> Titanic helped us with that journey. For for the I call my listeners who don't know of what I'm about to speak of uncultured fucks. Uh, <laughs> It's like, oh, it came from my A Little Night Music episode when I had Charlotte Malpion to dissect it with me. And we were talking Mm. about the original company of A Little Night Music. And we're talking Mm. about Glynis Johns, the original Desiree. And we're talking about her smoky, silvery silvery voice. And Charlotte's like, you want to know? She sounds like the mom in Mary Poppins. And I took a beat and I said, she is the mom from Mary Poppins, you uncultured fuck. That's, of course she is. She is. Suffragette. Suffragette votes for women. I watched that every night stoned in college. It's a great movie. Yeah. A little long, but she's great. Uh, point is, that's now become a going joke here. For my uncultured fucks listeners, can you pitch them Titanic? What's it about? What's its vibe? For the uncultured fucks. Mm-hmm. Titanic is the story of the 1997 blockbuster winning film. Let me start over, actually. <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. She's already <laughs> shat the bed. Shit, how many? 11 Academy Awards? Yeah, I think so. How did it win? Okay. Ty- I, could, I, sorry, I probably could tell you off the top of my head. Picture, director, I hate myself. Picture, director, score, I hate you too. song. <laughs> I hate you too. <laughs> uh, special effects, film editing. I think that was when there were t- still two sound categories of so sound, cinematography, costumes, production design. Yeah, 11. Okay. I'm, I'm awful. For all of the uncultured fucks. Titanic is the story of the blockbuster, 11-time Academy Award-winning movie Titanic, as told by and through the music of Celine Dion, international superstar, pop alien diva. And the reason they say at the top of the show, but Celine, you just sang the song from the movie. You weren't actually on the Titanic. Or was I? Boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She is the puppet master of everybody on that ship. She is. She weaves her magic throughout. It is a gay fantasia. On national themes. On international themes. On, on international themes, yeah. Gong, gong. Gong, gong. It's, <laughs> so I've talked about this before on the pod. I love it when a show that is 
like intentionally stupid is so smart and tasteful about how stupid it is yeah and you don't realize how difficult that is to do until you see a show try to do it and just piss all over itself. I could name names, but that's not what we're doing today. This is not a burn book episode. Shady Queen. Listen, they're, <laughs> they're, they're around. But, yeah, that's right. But Titanic, the reason why it's my other favorite musical of this season, in addition to Kimberly, is both shows are so fully in command of what they are, mm-hmm. how they go about it. And just like, I don't know. I, it's hard to talk about this in a way not sound fangirly because like you're like in it. You're in the sausage bisexual but um (laughs) but i don't know like i just come in from the outside and i saw it i saw it first at the basement under the now defunct christides Mm -hmm. so lovely and then i saw it at the daryl roth right before i saw it third time to uh, to see you and i would like to come back at some point uh fun fact i don't know if i told you this all three times i saw it constantine was not in as jack i'm still bitter about it oh lol i'm so sorry i've loved all the jacks i've seen Oh, rest in peace, Constantine. Rest in peace. He's not... He's not dead. dead. Like like John Miscavige, he's not dead, but we still say RIP. Yeah, RIP. Yeah. I did have a listener once when I said RIP, John Miscavige. They texted me, DM'd me, and they were like, is he dead? And then they waited five minutes, and they went, oh, never no, mind. No, 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 he's fully alive. Yeah, so like, I, I, I like listened to a little bit more of the episode, and Prescott informed us that he's not dead. Yeah. Um, and you know Mr. Miscavige. Yeah. I love you, John, if you're listening. Yeah, John sometimes listens. I, I'll bet you he's going to see your name pop up. And he'll be like, oh, I think I'll listen to this one. Yeah, or he'll skim through. Yeah. John, I hope you're hearing this 30 seconds here. I love you so much. I love you so much. <laughs> I will pop in and out just for all, um, what did we call them, listeners that don't know? I will pop in and out of Celine. Yeah. Throughout the throughout the episode. I can't help it. As well you should. So <laughs> y- were, y- were you a Celine fan before Titanic? Yes. Absolutely. I have been a Celine Dion geek my entire life. I always say that listening to her taught me how to sing, and it is so true. Mm. Everything she does is just... I could I could go into how it is technically perfect, uh, but we'll get there. Let's say I, I loved Celine my whole life long, and then I did a show called Bedbugs the Musical... This is a deep cut. Do you do you know it? I do not know it. So it was off Broadway in 1978. I'm kidding. In <laughs> that's, uh, that's a that's a full Celine LOL. moment. LOL. In 1978. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. And along with being in the show, I also covered another role that was played by a man playing a woman. And the role was called Dion Salon. It was like a send-up of Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. And I really discovered then, this was my first off-Broadway show, that I had this, this Celine Dion impression and that I could sound like her. So I kept honing it through the years. And then this Titanic, Titanic audition came along and I was like, oh, God damn it. This is perfect. I guess I can't quit musical theater. I got to go in for this. <laughs> and I did. And I was swept away and fell in love again with like what you said. The mm-hmm. book is so smart, mm-hmm. so funny. Uh, Marla Mandel, Ty Blue, and Constantine Rizzuli have written this absolute gem mm-hmm. of a funny um, love letter to the gays and love letter to 90s culture. I fell in love with it. And... Um, you know, uh, of course I was going to do a Celine Dion musical. Of course. Yeah. It pops up and you go, hello, written for me. Yes. I will say, so the last time I saw it, the last time I saw it, every time I've seen it, 
sorry, not every time. The first few times I saw it, I was only in a cluster of gays. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't really know who this show is for other than us. I mean, we will keep it alive because we have disposable income because most right. of us don't have children. <laughs> uh, but the third time I saw it, the time I went to go see you where I got recognized. Thank you so much. Work. I was sitting in between what I can only describe as a line of Fire Island gays. <laughs> So not just homosexuals, like I'm talking the homosexuals that Constantine knows. Hi, and, homosexuals. <laughs> exactly. High level homosexuals. Like H-E-A-U-X homosexuals. Yes, the kind <laughs> who sneak into everyday conversation that they have a timeshare on Fire Island. That, <laughs> that their house faces the ocean. Yeah, that's right. But uh, they were on one side of me and the other side of me were a whole bunch of ladies. Mm. Uh, capital L ladies. I don't know if they were on the Isle of Man or if they were from Long Island or New Jersey. I don't know. They they It was unclear. But what was clear was that it was like their girls' night out. Mm. And I just, I remember sitting there going, this is sort of that, it reminded me of the line Sherry Renee Scott says in Everyday Rapture about having two slips of paper, one in each pocket. One, I'm a speck of nothing. And two, the universe was created for me to have that balance. Yeah. And I was like, this is maybe the only time I can think of where bachelorette parties and Fire Island gays come and enjoy each other's company because it's, oh wow we're it's, bridging the cultural gap here at Titanic yeah performing miracles honestly yes I I will say I don't know if it was this night that you were there but pe- there was a gaggle of Long Island women middle aged mm-hmm. women who came up to me after I I came off stage and. Threw, threw their arms around me and it was like they were all my auntie you mm-hmm. know because people it is such a crazy thing because it does appeal to the straights it does because celine it just transcends and you know? celine and titanic what we keep, yes what, and titanic that's yeah. right the thing about titanic that it's so hard to tell younger people who were not around for that era moment that, that moment of time that how historic that movie was how big it was because we haven't really had a movie like that since we've had blockbusters right but to be a movie that everyone saw that won the oscar that was a cultural moment everyone knows my heart Columbia, and everyone knows i'm flying jack i'm king of the world mm-hmm. these, these iconic things and you know as with everything that's super successful then goes through backlash and then the backlash gets backlash and now it's sort of in a sweet spot where it's come back and everyone's acknowledged yes it's corny yes some of it doesn't make sense but like it's a magnificent movie and i'm okay admitting that now yes and titanic comes in and it's like, oh, no, 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 we are going to serve you all the things you love about the movie while also, like, acknowledging the stuff about it that's ridiculous. And also, like, <laughs> the things that have kind of become simplified over time. One of my favorite jokes is how Victor Garber is just Victor Garber. They don't, they never say his character's name because every time we talk about the movie, we're just like, yeah, and Victor Garber. Yes. That is, oh, God, that is so smart. I will say also that the Victor Garber came to see the show. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. That's right. And he was a sweetie. He's gay too, you know. Yes, he's gay. He's a homosexual. That's why he came to the show. Yeah. He he's the high end gay. He is a high end gay. He's the kind of gay that would have murdered Jennifer Coolidge in White Lotus. Absolutely. He <laughs> he would have he would have run that gang. Yeah. <laughs> he maybe he should have played that part. He he. 
Yeah, sure. No, that guy is terrifying. What he, is his name? It's Tom Hollander. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah, he is. He, he was perfect. He was Mr. Collins in the Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. And that, I was just going to say, that, I was just going to say the guy that played Mr. Collins. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say first before Pirates of the Caribbean or any of his other shit. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, he's the cousin that she almost married. Yeah. Yeah. Ter- oh, I, lo- I love Another, it. Another queer moment. Yeah. Because, yeah. The, little baby gay me was probably like, Keira Knightley. Oh. I mean... I'm gay. I'm literally wearing a shirt that says sounds, sounds gay. I'm in. <laughs> I would absolutely have sex with Kira Knightley. Oh, hundo P. That's not bisexuality. That's just me recognizing a, a person that I am a bit able to have sex with. I'm like, That's yeah, right. Yeah. You're objectively stunning. It's not difficult for me to want to have sex with you. Yeah. And her, especially as Elizabeth Bennett. Oh, yeah. Her wet in the rain yelling at Darcy. Oh, my God. And then... Culture. Wow, we're, go- we're going on a tangent right now. Welcome to the pod. But then, what is it? Tom... Uh, Tom not Tom. Ho- no, no, his name's not Tom. His name's Tom on succession. Oh, um, Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden, yeah. Oh, God. I just And I'm, about- you know, I'm bisexual. And yeah, uh, I'm dating a woman right now. And that I would... She goes on my... I mean, uh, Matthew McFadden goes on my list, like on Friends, yeah. where... Um, Ross yeah. has the list. Yeah, celebrities that yeah. you get a pass for. Yeah. First of all, I call Matthew McFadden she all the time. I call everything she. 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 But I bet as a bisexual, that argument between Kira and Matthew in the rain was just like... Everything. Yeah, Courtney Sandwich on British everything. Bread. Everything. Courtney Sandwich on British Bread, I say. I Ugh. yeah. Also, <clears throat> tangents upon tangents, that's this podcast. Uh, but also, like, I mean, Titanic has tangents. We have a moment where if you are playing Celine Dion, Mm. And I'm going to have a moment where I need you to coach me on how to do the accent. Yes. Because I keep trying and it just sounds not right. It's like Anna Ferris trying to do Celine Dion, which I'm not <laughs> mad about. It's just not accurate. Uh, but you or Marla or who else covers Celine? Uh, Christina Walls. Who I saw play Rose, who was so delightful. That's right. She's sweet. so good. She's a sweetie. Um, there's a moment where... Rose meets Jack at the clock as planned. And that was actually perfect. Thank you so much. That, yeah. That's that's me imitating you and Marla. That's not that's not me channeling Celine. <laughs> Celine. Um but does you do a whole improvisational moment where Jack and Rose talk because Celine says, I got the little shit faced and I don't yeah. remember these next parts. So I'm gonna improv, is that okay? And then they make their way down through the ship to the party where it's all spooky, scary, and it's always on the fly. And each time I've seen it, it's always been something wonderful and crazy. And then there's like one video on Instagram where Marla, it's very clear Marla was just hungry that night because <laughs> she has a stagehand come out with chicken fingers. I'm like, I think Marla just wanted chicken fingers that night. Oh, LOL. Yeah. Chicken fingers are her favorite. They're delicious. Fried chicken is her favorite. Fried food in general Have I used food before in the improv? Yes, I've used gummy bears. What What did the gummy bears do? Oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting. I think the gummy bears were uh, some kind of drug that Jack and Rose took. Uh, I think it was PCP. I love that. That night. Yeah. Well, speaking of high-end gays, Jack is a high-end gay. Oh, Jack's a high-end gay. He is. I mean, well, let's say high-end bisexual, because he's able to do the deed with Rose in Titanic. Oh, hell yeah. He's just a queer. Yeah. Whereas whereas Cal is just taking loads power bottom on Grinder <laughs> with all the eyeliner That's in the right. world. That's right. He really is. I love it. I love it so much. 100% power uh, bottom. Yeah. Oh, listen, we love a good power bottom. Power bottom in a tuxedo work. They, they know their worth. They do. They suck up all the value in the room. That's right. <laughs> Through their literally gi- through their gaping holes, but 
that Wait. is yes sorry. am i coaching you now on the dialect or are we doing that later later let's do that okay. later great because that's gonna be a whole moment yep tell you just had uh, a performance at Salane. yes last night yes what was your spooky scary improv that night <laughs> okay to the right uh let's get into it yeah. <clears throat> uh and so in the improv we get to the moment where it's uh, to, uh jack and rose went downstairs and this is the part of the story that gets so spooky scary my spooky scary last night was to their right okay this is a deep cut but do you know do you know who was there it was Bill Murray. Do you know who's dating Bill Murray? The girl who sings, My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. She, the milkshake brought Bill Murray to the yard. <laughs> the milkshake brought the guy from Groundhog Day to the yard and that is so spooky scary to me. They're actually dating right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would have said, I'm sorry, Celine, I think something got lost in translation. Ha ha ha. But, uh, no, that is so spooky scary to me. There's another one too, speaking of scary older gentlemen. Oh. The other scary thing to the, to the right was Al Pacino who just at 83 had a, a baby. What's the point of having a baby at 83? You're going to be dead before that thing graduates middle school. Yeah, it's terrifying, right? It is. That's, that's spooky scary. And also, I did, did I call a baby a thing? Sure did. <laughs> I love it. There, and this one, I think, is always in the script because I recall it happening each time. But then mm-hmm. there was one. It was a uh, poster of Jessica Alba. Yes, that's the one in the script. Yes, because it's, what's the line? It's like, because what is your career? Is it comedy? Is it drama? It's so spooky. Oh, my God. Do you, ha- do you want to go on? No, well, my, heart, doing, my heart won't let me go you're on. So, <laughs> what is her career? Is it comedy? Is it drama? Uh, I don't know, but it's scary, Jessica. But of all the people, because I was like, <laughs> I can't. I remember when I first saw that, and then I forgot about it because it had been like nine months in between yeah. viewings. And then when I saw it again, I just remember going, of all the people, Jessica Alba, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a Jessica Alba movie. <laughs> I think that's why. Yeah. I, I, you know what? That's a moment I've never asked Marla about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to ask her why Jessica Alba. Yeah. Where did that come from? Because you could also do Jessica Biel. You could do Jessica Biel. What is her career? Is it comedy? Uh, is it Seventh Heaven? Is it is it movies? Is it TV? Is it being Mrs. Timberlake? Who it's, knows? It's being Mrs. Timberlake. It's being Mrs. I'm Timberlake. So sorry, Jessica. So sorry, Jessica. Did you, have you ever watched BoJack Horseman? No. What's that? Wait. Yes, I know what it is, but I've never watched it. That's okay. Uh, I just loved the three act journey we went on in four seconds. No, yeah, what is that? I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a Netflix animated show. It's sort of a satire on Hollywood while also being a deep dive into mental health. But it's mostly very funny, but often it can get very dark. And part of the whole thing about it is that it's real people and then animals and some celebrities play, get to play themselves and some people are faux celebrities. But Jessica Biel has been on it multiple times and because she's the ex-wife i think of mr peanut butter and anytime they do a flashback i know every time they do a flashback of them together she's always like a raging bitch on it and with her permission they were like because she came on to voice herself and Mm. one of my favorite lines she has is they're like she's at starbucks with mr peanut butter and she orders her drink and they go okay and what's the name she goes um jessica beale obviously i'm one of the jessicas (laughs) (laughs) work jessica okay so she gets it she gets oh she absolutely at least she gets it she does get it i love it people who have sense of humor about themselves can stay yes yeah those people can stay don't take yourself so seriously take the work seriously the rest bye 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 oh people and there are people who are not Jessica Biel. They're not even on the level of Jessica Biel's hairdresser. And they have 
the ego of a country. Yes. A whole country. A lot of them are out there. They are out there. It's scary. It's spooky Between here. 40th Street and 52nd. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 66 if you want to be cultured by that's Lincoln Center. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just saying. There, there are a lot of theaters by Lincoln Center. Anyone in there could have some spooky, scary egos. That's right. So also the night that I went to go see you on a Selene. Because mm. when you're not Selene and you're not Rose, because you've also been Rose. Yes. But you've been, you've and I've been, also been Ruth. You've been Ruth? Yes. What do you call Rose when you uh, freak out at her, when you're Ruth? That is the same. I, I say... Um, walking yeast infection? Yeah, walking okay. yeast infection. Because it was feckless queef at Christidis. It was a feckless queef. Which I quoted in my review. LOL. Because that made me piss myself. Yeah, walking so yeast funny. infection, I call her. Yeah. Walking yeast infection is also quite amazing. Um, <laughs> I also, it's unfair that Plan B only works on skinny pitches. That's yeah. That's what Russell says. Yeah, I say um, uh, fair. This what's in the script is uh, these pearls from Forever Fucking Twenty One, and then because the pink shirt that I have to wear that same pink shirt is mm-hmm. so big on me, I say this Pepto Bismol colored muumu isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth is Rose's mother for anyone who hasn't seen yes. Titanic. If you haven't watched Titanic, get the fuck up. Yeah, podcast. get out of here. Uh, the other- I, I'm doing my very best, um, Frances Fisher, who is the queen of all acting. Uh, so well, just it, it, for anyone, if you, ha- if you have seen Titanic, it's like, this is not a game. You know the money's gone. Of course, <laughs> of course I know it's gone. You remind me every day. I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, but you know it. My, my brain is stupid. I remember things so well, things I haven't seen in years. And it's like certain pockets. Like I just remember because I feel like that whole thing was recorded with ASMR because yes. it's all very quiet. This is not a game. Yes. Um, she says like, do, do you want to see your fine things sold at auction? Do you want to see me as a seamstress? Is that what you want? What you want? Is that what you want? Oh, it's um, so good. It's so good. And Russell, who now plays Ruth, is so fucking amazing. Yeah. I, lo- um, I know it's a line in the script. And I actually, someone posted footage of an old reading mm. i want to say from 2019 maybe 2018 okay. from yeah. la was playing ruth stands up or it's the it's the original ruth yeah stands up uh for their intro they go and then the uh, rose's mother ruth was also there and the line now oh uh, sorry the line then was like another gorgeous day to be like a skinny white racist and then oh, it be- yeah, and then it became yeah, that was that yep, yeah and then now it is another gorgeous day to be a sk- a rich skinny monster mm-hmm. which i think is funnier that it's very, it's much funnier. Yeah, I love it. A rich skinny And when monster. I do it, I do it a broken doll. Mm-hmm. A rich skinny monster. It's very funny. I love broken <laughs> dolls. You're like yeah. Kate McKinnon in the Barbie trailer. LOL. Which you're going to see, right? Of course I am. Good. I just want to make sure that you're I don't ally. get out, though. You don't get out? I don't out? get out much. They just, they keep me in the Daryl Roth and then they let me out to do podcasts. Yes, and that's I, it. I had to sign a lot of waivers to get you out of there. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like getting Hannibal Lecter out for it a day. It was scary, right? It was spooky scary. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so what I was going to say was the night that I saw you on a Celine, because yeah. normally you're one of the uh, ship singers. Yes. What, what's, what, what's the title for that? Uh, the Backup Singers. The Backup Singers. Yeah. But that night... I guess because most of the principals were out, all of you had to go on as mm. roles. So there were no backup singers. Oh, wow. I'm sorry yeah. about that. 
I just, I, I'd seen the show twice before then. I had seen it how it was supposed to go. This yeah. was fun for me. Because yeah, 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 yeah. there are things that the backup singers have to do with sets and props that you couldn't do. So it was fun to watch right. you guys kind of figure it out with like a shrunken cast and some stagehands. Right. So I I was living my best truth. It was, it's how I watched Moulin Rouge both times I saw it because I know how the Al Hirschfeld works mm. and I know how small it is. So I would watch that set break apart. I'm like, how are they fitting the set pieces? This is this is what's interesting. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, and then one of the backup singers is supposed to sing, who lets a lean out? Mm. And instead that night when you saw me, I, I forgot that that night. I, so I had to do, who lets a lean out? Me, <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you guys, you guys figured it out. It was, it was honestly a, a joyous evening and mm. not just because I was recognized by the entire theater. And yes, I know I said earlier it was one person. I'm changing that now to the whole theater. Everyone stood up and applauded me. You're like, Matt Coplick? Oh my God, sounds gay. I'm in. Oh my God, gay. Now we are on the gayest night of the year at Titanic with Matt Coplick. Um What is a moment in the show that you always look forward to, either as Celine, as Rose, as a backup singer? Mm. My ultimate favorite moment, I gotta say, is the best diva moment of all diva moments that I've had on stage is singing the I Surrender Bridge in I Surrender. At what point of the show does that happen? That happens when the ship is sinking. Mm -hmm. So Victor Garber has just gone down. He's just... And not on me. No, he has not gone down on you. (laughs) Oh, maybe, I mean, maybe he would. Victor Garber, are you out there? (sighs) So he's he's just gone down with the ship, yep. and Celine gets to come out and every night's getting longer, and it's just, and I I get to option up to a high A and and scrout my titties off, and uh, you know it's just a moment in communion with with the, with the musical theater gods. I love it. I also love the wait for it. Mm. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you go. No, no, I also. I just. I don't know. I love the vocal arrangements for the show. As someone who is a Barry tenor, I'm like, oh, I could never sing this eight times a week. It's. <laughs> it, I would kill. I would die. But I love listening to it. Um, the taking chances arrangements always always does it for me. Mm. Um, I don't like that. What's the bridge? The and I've had my heart beaten down, but I always come back. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's fierce. How many harmonies are there in that? For Titanic, is it three or oh, four? Oh, sweetie, uh, I don't know that I even know the answer to that question. I I didn't really ask, hoping you would know. I I think it's 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 probably just an SATB, right? Probably. I don't know. It's, it's whatever it is. It's very it's very lovely and always fills me with joy every time because I love that bridge in general. And then I'm like, oh, and harmony. The yes, answer please. is four. The four. answer is a is your standard SATB. Actually, it's probably five because there's two middle parts. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, smatb. Smatber. Smatber. That sounds like a Celine word, don't it? Smatber. So what is it about Celine that you. Oh, wait, hon, what time is it? Okay, here's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break. Billy, I'd like to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Sorry, I I keep forgetting. I've been I've been a lot better about it lately. But when I'm having fun with the guest, I'm like, let's just keep talking. I'm like, oh, I have to take ad breaks. That's right. She's on, she's on a network. She has to make those $5. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. So what I was going to ask was, what is it about Celine that you gravitate towards as an artiste? Mm. What a delightful question. Well, Celine, beyond the voice, beyond the fact that the voice can do anything that mm-hmm. it is. The, she's the greatest singer, the greatest singer in the world. It's her, the fact that she is plucked from another universe. Mm. She is in utter amazement with the world at all times. She has this childlike wonder where, you know, to do a little bit of her and, you know, our listeners can't see, but I'm going to make Matt look around the room like he's um like he's just amazed. Like he's never seen planet Earth before. Like what is this? Oh my God, how are you? And I love you. Like she is full of love and it, it radiates out of her. Mm. I swear to God, every time she hits her chest, the whole world feels it. Mm-hmm. It's like a love shock. She's, she's, we call her like an alien diva. She's yeah. just a goddess. And, and I identify with her the most because... I love to sing like that. I love her style of riffing. I I grew up singing like that. But she's also just essentially a weirdo, as am I and as is Marla. Mm. And I think that that is a rare quality to be found in an international pop diva. That purity of heart and that quirkiness. Yeah. I've mentioned before with musical theater, I really want more embracing of the weirdos of the aliens 100% those are the people for me that make the most interesting art like and that's on fleek and that is on fleek titanic that is on fleek titanic you're just a natural songwriter aren't you <laughs> i am a songwriter I, I, we can we can get to that that see this is how i'm good at my job because that was a natural transition <laughs> we could talk about courtney's oh, oui. compositions but <laughs> no I, mean, I guess as i was preparing for this episode because i've always enjoyed Celine but I mean I don't have a ton of pop divas I'm truly a musical theater fan mm-hmm. like I if I met Celine I'm, I would be gobsmacked but like I fully met Judy Kuhn Kuhnsey as we call her on this pod <laughs> at the Fun Home uh, theater and word vomited all over her in a way that like most people would on Beyonce or you know Whitney if she were still alive and I'm mm. like no Judy Kuhn the best vanilla ice cream that's ever existed because <laughs> that's me uh, yeah, on yeah, Maine yeah. But as I was preparing for this episode, I, I was watching clips of her performances and, and interviews, and I was taken aback at just really how honest and earnest she is. There's, I mean, she is odd. She's absolutely odd. Yeah. But it's not an act. It's all earnest and, yeah. and, and real. There's no falseness about her. Mm. And I love that because even some of my favorite movie actresses, theater actresses, pop stars, whatever, there are some who are very, you know, honest and then somewhere it's a little more not calculated but reserved yeah uh, it's something that i know Anne hathaway always got very unfairly maligned for that she mm. always she thought a little too much before she spoke which i'm like that isn't that being an adult like thinking yeah, of your is, sentence yeah thinking of your sentence before you say it but still think attitudes like that you, you can see in some 
performers and artists and Celine is just I don't know this it's just all there and she yeah. has I think because she's got nothing to prove and nothing to hide it's just right out there yeah and I never knew about the the chest hitting until I saw Marla do it and then once I saw that in Titanic any video content I've seen of Celine performing it's all I can see that's right famously did it on the Oscars for my heart would go on that's right wearing the like million dollar necklace yep the heart of the ocean and she talks about how she's like those security guards, they stared at me when I was when I hit my chest. It's like, I'm not going to break the jewels. <laughs> I love that. And she didn't, family wa- jewels. she didn't want to sing My Heart Will Go On. She didn't want to record it. That's right. Yeah. And uh, when she first heard it, she did not like the track. And mm-hmm. I believe that, we'll, we'll have to fact check this after the episode, but the vocal that is in uh, on the soundtrack was a scratch vocal. Mm-hmm. I believe that is true. And the... Oscar performance that you just mentioned is the only time that I have found recorded that she has sung it in the original key. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I do know that the take they have of My Heart Will Go On, I, yeah, I don't think she did many takes of it. I think it was like that one, yeah, one and done. Yeah, Same yeah. thing with Angela Lansbury in the title track of Beauty and the Beast. It was a one and done. Oh, wow. What a crossover. Yeah, it was like it was going to be a mic check. Wow. And, and they listened to it and they're like, actually, Angela, I think we oh, got it. Oh, wow. I love that <laughs> yeah. so much. I love it when nice people do good work and yeah, we're all nice about me it. Me too. And I love it when the weirdos win. I love it when the weirdos win. Yeah. That's going to be the tagline for this episode. Okay. I love it when the weirdos win. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite Saline song? My favorite Saline song? Oh, God. I'm going to... It's uh, It's got to be I Surrender still. <laughs> it's just freaking epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will, can I give a deep cut? Sure. So there's a song on her Falling Into You album, one of her first albums. When I, I remember when I was auditioning for the show, actually, I listened to this album while I was, you know, putting my makeup on in the morning and curling my hair. Um, it's called Make You Happy. You got to listen to that one. I will. Make you happy. I mean, again, I'll be honest. I don't know her discography extensively partly because i'm again i'm i'm not a pop person all that much i mean i just got into kelly clarkson four years ago mm. it, it was a very big deal for me and now i love her okay work uh but yeah, like, i mean like i i also like don't know all of mariah's stuff it's mm. that's that's just me i'm like i can tell you every album audra's ever done <laughs> mariah carrie you called her what's her name lol that, yeah that's me Wow. But I do know some of Celine's stuff. And then watching Titanic, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that mm. was also a Celine or like Celine had covered that. Uh, like, I know, I always, I know that she's done all by myself, but I always forget she's done all by myself. Mm. And because that's not her original song, is it? Yeah. Oh, she's the original? She's the original singer. I thought, I thought she covered it. See, this no. is where I'm ignorant. This is where I'm an uncultured No, fuck. but I will give you a deep cut that uh, she covered power of love that was actually written by somebody else Mm. uh we did not get the rights for that one because it was written by somebody else that's unfortunate yeah what are other songs that could not be gotten it's all coming back to me now (sighs) yeah they wouldn't even let peloton have it was there a place that they wanted to have the show used to begin with let's see what else do i remember and there were nights when the wind was so cold. Mm. That's a that's a good way to open it. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm alive is it? Yeah, I it love really, it. it really is. It y- y'all. F- this is the other thing I I love about 
creatives when they're good. Um, mm. And it's so I'm so glad that you decided to be in a show I like. And because it makes this less awkward. It chose me, sweetie. <laughs> um, when, have you ever watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No, I'm yes. so sorry. It's good. You but don't I do know that to. Rachel Bloom is a fan of the show. As well she should be. It's yeah. right up her alley. But Rachel Bloom has talked about with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because that show was uh, originally going to be on Showtime. That's where it got greenlit. And then Showtime ended up not picking up the pilot. So they had to sort of recut the pilot in hopes that a network would pick it up and a network um, national network television whatever would pick mm, it up mm-hmm. and so the cw did and they then had to start writing with that in mind oh we need to have commercial breaks it needs to not have any swearing oh but we want to talk about this sexual thing but how do we do that without saying it and she said it made us better writers because we had to be more creative about doing what we wanted and it's those limitations that really kind of push you as a creative so the fact that you guys couldn't do it's all coming back to me and found a way around it i think is a testament to uh the creativity of the writers as well as just you know making the most of what you got yes absolutely my heart was broken so i joined the show i auditioned in 2020 right before the shutdown i'm so sorry i did that to you crazy right yeah it's me i know it's you (laughs) it's you um and the pandemic happened, kept working on my Celine, knew it would come along. Mm-hmm. 2021 comes along and we do a concert of it um, at La Poisson Rouge at LPR. And It's All Coming Back to Me was in the show then. And then when I got the new script in May of 2022, before we started rehearsals for, for the asylum, I saw that It's All Coming Back to Me now was gone. And I was heartbroken. I was like, oh, come on. But I'm Alive is now become one of my favorite parts of the show to perform as Celine because it is directly plucked from her Las Vegas 2007 DVD, A New Day, her performance of it. She's wearing a white pantsuit. She famously does a little grapevine and she says, and so are you. Caw! It sounds like caw. It sounds like caw, right? And here's a funny thing. Marla even thought it was caw. And I was like, um... Marla, I think I think it's come on because that's you know in my band Starbird and the Phoenix, which we can talk about. Uh, we my bandmate will say a lot, "Come on," you know. Yeah. It's like a it's a rock thing that you do, and Celine yeah. does that all the time. Come on, so she it's but it sounds like she's being a bird, and so are you. I'm alive, and so are you. God, and so all of that that number is just exactly you know what yeah. Celine does on that on that stage it's and now it's just oh god it's so fun it is so fun and it, and it hypes the audience up so much for, yeah for the energy of it i love it and so very much yeah and there's so many deep cuts in there like when when i do celine actually celine in that same dvd for any celine nerds she says call me after she's like when you call on me call me after the show okay and i i had to throw that in there i do that one call me that. after the show okay um my only like deep cuts of Celine actually come through second six degrees of yeah. Kathy Griffin stand up because Kathy Griffin. <laughs> have you watched any Kathy Kathy Griffin stuff? Uh not in years. I'm the, so the, sorry. Why I don't know why you keep being homophobic towards me, but it's fine. No, it, she has a whole segment about Celine Dion where she she because she's like done stuff about all the people. That's all the right. That's right. Met. That's right. And she has one where she meets Celine at her Las Vegas show for a charity. Thing. Oh, yes, that's right. No. I need to see this. It's, I need it's to see very this. funny. And I yeah. mean, most Kathy really only kind of drags the Vegas show. Not that it's bad just because how odd it is. Yes. But she loves it. She's it like, is strange. Yeah. And she's like, and I've 
but she's like, I keep going back clearly for a reason. Yeah. But she's like, you know, Celine sounding beautiful, singing my heart will go on. And then like a clown will just be playing a golden piano floating across the <laughs> stage. Uh, yeah, it was Cirque du Soleil. And they infamously got bad reviews at first. Yeah. And then, yeah. It be, but then it became an institution. But she talked about Celine, the, the person, the individual, comes mm. off very well in it because you know it's someone who uh, I guess like donated all this money for a charity and and in exchange to meet Celine. And so Kathy Griffin is sort of like the liaison for that. And then she was having brunch with all of her gay friends, and two of her friends were like, oh, "You're meeting Celine. I love her." And she's like, "I know you do." He's like, "Can I meet her?" She's like, "No, I can't do that." But like, if you want, I can have her sign something for you. So like, he and his husband go to the Celine gift shop, buy out the entire store, and then like. Ask her to sign it, but like they have post-its on each thing of like what they want her to say on each thing, and Kathy and Kathy Griffin brings it, and she's like, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it, and so she all she's all she's able to do is like give Selena a post, and Selena, Selena signs it, and then she sees all the other stuff. She goes, "You have other things," and she goes, "No, it's it's for my friend Tom. He's a teacher," and she's like, oh, she's like, if you want, me, it's like it's what I'm here for. Like I I, I sign it, and, he, and she's like, Are "You sure it's a lot of stuff?" And, and she's like, "Yeah, it's fine." So she's signing all the stuff and then they're doing the photo and Kathy Griffin realizes in, as they're taking photos, she's petting Celine's hair absentmindedly. And she goes, I'm so sorry, Celine. I just realized I'm petting your hair that uh, like a dog. That's weird. And then Celine just goes, then I will bark for you like a dog. Arf, arf. Oh, yeah. Woof, 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 woof. She's got a sense of humor. I love it. She's an absolute clown. Yep. And then Kathy did li- have to lie to her because Celine's like, oh, he's a teacher. He's a music teacher. And Kathy's like, yeah, sure he is. He's a history teacher. But <laughs> she's like, Celine asked and I wanted her to feel like she was helping oh the music God, teacher. Oh my God, I love music. I love music so much. <laughs> but yeah, she said exactly what you said, which every time she comes out to do her concerts, she's always so surprised that people showed up. Yeah. She's like, as if she's unaware that it's been sold out for months. Yeah. But I think like part of, she may not know. She might genuinely like not want to know. I think yeah. part of the the thrill as a performer is going out there and being like, I don't know what tonight brings. Yeah. And even the most successful people, like Audrey talks about it all the time. She's like, she wakes up every morning and she goes, is today the day that everyone decides that I'm a fraud and like it all turns on me? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because um, that's even as you get success, like there's always the the fear that it goes away or yes. that pe- people who like you will no longer like you and what happens then. So I do think it's genuine surprise every time she comes out, she goes, they did not turn on me today. No, I think, oh God, she, I've obviously watched so much of her and I feel this exact same way. She says like, before I go on stage, I'm like, I have all this energy and I'm like, I'm like a tiger in a cage and just need to be unleashed, you know? Yeah. And I feel that that same way. And you get out there and you're like, oh my God, it's, it's real. And also it's a feeling I think for me, um, I, I can relate to, to that. What I, what I see in her is like, this is what I was put on this earth to do. Oh mm. my God. Ah, yeah. here it is. Here's this moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a ring of keys moment when it all sinks up. Yes. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is, it makes sense to me now. The musical theater references are so, I am not as much of a musical theater geek. I'm more of a Celine Dion geek. And I'm learning a lot from you today, so thank you. And I'm learning a lot from you. This is, it's, Ring of keys. And your keys. Oh. oh. Uh, it's, I'm, I keep mentioning things that I'm just convinced you uh, no, and then you don't. So I just keep on getting knocked down. The other two, the TV show, the other two. Oh, do you know how obsessed I am? Thank God. Okay, we found middle ground. We found middle ground. Deep. But the first season, they go, they go to um, that middle school. So Chase can escort that girl to like her middle school dance or whatever. And there's this <gasps> girl who who sees them. And she's like, "You guys are in the music industry," and they're like, 
sort of. And she goes, and your keys. Oh, and I love it. I love it. Applause for that. Applause. I love, I mean, I also just, the episode that takes place at the Imperial theater. I have watched three times because obviously the Imperial theater was my home doing the great comet. And that episode, the theater tropes, it is, it is, I, it needs to win an Emmy. I'm so obsessed. Eight gay men with AIDS, a poem in many hours. LOL. How many hours? Why? Yes. And all of them going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, speaking of people who don't take themselves too seriously, Kiernan Shipka in that, that episode, she's like, hey, you want to take a pic with me? Yeah. Like, I, I uh, love that. When, for those of I you, think about that daily, actually. I, you, <laughs> what, what I started to do, I found myself, I, I, sometimes I find myself absorbing the, the traits of certain characters I love. So like, yeah. I, sometimes I fully become Roger from American Dad and I have often... I've often walked with my hands like Roger and American Dad, just wrists completely free of cartilage. But <laughs> the, uh, for those of you who don't watch the other two, Helena York and Drew Carver, who play the siblings, they are both in the industry for a while. And then Helena York leaves the industry in season three to quote unquote do good. And the moment that makes her realize she wants to get back in is when she's at the Imperial Theater mm-hmm. with her fiance and Chase, her brother, is engaged to Kieran and Shipka. And because she's no longer in the industry, she can't talk to Kieran and Shipka the way she wants to. She wants to be like, oh my God, we're peers. But because now she plants trees for a living, Kieran and Shipka's like, you want to pick? You want? And they're in the theater watching the play and Helena York tries to mouth to Kieran and Shipka. Like, I used to be in the industry. I used to be like you. And Kieran and Shipka sees her in the, bo- in the box and she's like, what are you saying? And she goes, I used to be like you, girl. And Kieran and Shipka just does, I can't do it justice via audio because she's mouthing it. But like, she does a little like, Sh- like ca- like her shoulders cave in she points herself she's like oh my god thank you, thank you. She's like, oh my god thank you like, oh my god, thank you i yes. love it you I just s- did such a good job of uh describing that episode wow thank you i i tend to over explain so i'm trying no, to it was beautiful there's a d- i don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen that episode yet but there is a moment a, a little love letter to the Boz Lerman romeo and juliet sure, in sure that episode is. that sent me to the moon and back the the whole episode that's pleasantville i love it it's a great show everybody get into it yeah speaking of the imperial let's talk about comet for a second yeah i thoroughly enjoy natasha pierre unto the great comet of 1812 yes saw it in the tent three times saw it at the imperial oh wow uh you understudied princess mary and took over for princess mary and took over for princess mary so and then i guess also then the opera singer when they go to the opera yes yes uh what was that process like for you? What was what was your journey with Comet first? How did how did that come about? Where did you join? I joined the show. Uh, let's say for all the theater faggots, I um, and theater allies. Yes, <laughs> let's let's start that over. It's pr- it's it is pride. There are allies too. Yes, <laughs> for for everybody this Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> well, Comet is a show where weirdos win. So obviously that's how I came to be a part mm-hmm. of the great comet. I joined in 2016. We did the out of town tryout at the American repertory theater. Uh, I was in the ensemble covering Sonia and princess Mary. And then I played Mary over the summer of 2016. And then we closed prematurely. Mm. Uh, but it was a wild ride from start to finish. Did you ever go on as Sonia? I actually did not. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Although that might have been a little low for you. You no. can go up to the rafters. No? Abs- no, we're right in, right in my wheelhouse. But, um, you know, maybe someday. Yeah. This, listen, 
<laughs> Life is long and you keep staying out of the sun. You can play ingenues till you're dead. Exactly. It's just retinoid after retinol. Absolutely. That's <laughs> how we do it. That's how we do it. I, I mean, I, I adore that score. I think it's such a fascinating, odd and like very compelling score. Yeah. Did, had you seen the show before you went in for it? Or was it like all brand new to you? I had not seen the show. Mm-hmm. I listened to it a little bit. I honestly think I just learned the material and maybe listened to the off-Broadway cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell in love with it because mm-hmm. it was so strange. Yeah, and, and, and for Princess Marion in particular, she's this mix of musical theater meets rock soul. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like... Uh, a little bit of like Celine to um, and he looked at her once head to toe was mm-hmm. one of the moments that I get to sing as Princess Mary which is such a like nod to Celine too yeah uh, uh, what was the question sorry there was no question it was it was where did your journey begin with that show and then what was your journey like for that show but I guess something I want to ask because S- Comet Titanic both shows with like wild personalities in them and very specific tones. Mm. So do you remember anything that uh, Tony winning director Rachel Chapkin said to you guys when working on the piece of sort of like how to go about performing it? Sort of like what was the world that was being set in this show? Mm. That's such a good question. The world was wild, abandoned, and the, the peace part of the war and peace for anybody that doesn't know, this is uh, Comet was based off of a 60-page slice of Tolstoy's War and Peace. So the peace part of it, where we're all like these wild denizens of Moscow, uh, living for the night, like marrying the night a la Lady Gaga, you mm. know, just like drunk and high and wildly dancing. That world was such a fun place to live in. I think the world of the play... Theatrically, the thing that was the greatest takeaway for me, which has helped me with Titanic, and when Rachel Chavkin came, she came to see me as Celine, I said, thank you for this. The director dressed to the audience, the using the audience as your diary, as God, as like a love letter, looking mm-hmm. them in the eyes and making them part of the story, the gift of theater that is like not, no other, that we get to have this live exchange between humans is also happening in Titanic. I, I love that through line for me and for um, one other person that was a Comet head that also did Titanic, Ken Clark, deep cut. <laughs> he played Victor Garber for a time. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to do Celine justice and, and really look people in the eyes and have that experience if I hadn't had that training ground of Comet. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because I mean, also, yeah, I, I always forget how much interaction there was in Great Comet and I mean letters, and then even uh, Natasha and Mary, all of it, yeah, all of it, yeah, yeah, um, all just, of it, yeah. I just remember, I I don't think they did this on Broadway because in the tent, Natasha and Mary, there, I mean, there were tables all over the place in the tent, mm-hmm. so Natasha and Mary had to sit down at a table. We with did, people. Do oh, that you did on do Broadway. that, yeah, yeah, and and made people move. It was it was a lot yes. of fun, but like never felt invasive. It was just, and I don't know people were on good behavior. It was one of those things where when you can see everybody and you're so much of a part of it, yes. everybody just wants to, nobody wants to ruin the experience. The awkwardest moment. Mm-hmm. So awkward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also love the kind of just bonkersness of the opera sequence. <laughs> is that, are there actual notes you have to sing or is it a pick your own adventure? 
uh, there are actual notes in the score, but it is kind of like a. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I pick love it. Pick your own adventure. And pick your own. Um, Gelsie Bell, who created the part, mm-hmm. uh, is like a extended vocal technique scholar and extended vocal technique. Um, I, I'm going to say from, from my vantage point, making crazy noises like. Yeah, that's her thing. And so obviously anyone that was going to play Mary had had to do that. That was in the score. Yeah, I saw it. So I didn't see Gelsey in the tent. She had left. I saw her when she when it moved to Broadway mm. in the tent. I saw Shayna Taub do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talk about fun weirdos. And again, talk about stage door manner, everybody. The, I, I you the shows like this, like Comet, like Titanic. Yeah, there are breeding ground for the aliens, for the weirdos that's who, right. who can then fertilize and then come out of those productions and flourish in the next thing i do so it's very i'm very excited to see your next thing because you've now had two beautiful breeding grounds that have just been bigger and better and bigger Mm, and better merci you're welcome uh uh, merci beaucoup uh it's dorian that's 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 right dorian and i think if you're doing it in the french canadian like something it's more like a dorian yeah there's a harder r she she talked about celine she has a bit in one of her concerts where she was taking an English class. Ah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, I know this. How are you? Yeah. How do you do? Because the, the yeah. French, or at least the Canadian French, Hello. the H's are difficult. So yes. her teacher was very much about like, hit the H's. Yes. How are you? How kind of you. And then infamously, I, I got to do this at the asylum, mm-hmm. an, an allusion to <laughs> this, but... The <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> they also have... Yeah. It... If you saw the asylum yeah. version, you might remember um, that there was a bit about being stuck in Panda Express. Yes. We have been in this pandemic. This Panda Express. It was just me and this orange chicken. I say to this chicken, chicken, why are you orange? I got to go. And I, when I would go on, would go, <laughs> like blowing on the hot chicken, a la Celine, in that same concert, deep cut, ha, 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 ha. There's so many deep cuts. This might as well be a Ryan Murphy show, like Nip Tuck, because we're making the deepest of cuts. Lols. Lols, everybody. Oh, God, I could go Sorry, on. Sorry, for- I took you up. I took no, you on a tangent. Again, this is how y'all know that Courtney's only listened to one episode, because if you have listened to every episode of this <laughs> podcast, Courtney, you would know that tangent is the name of the game. We go on all tangent the tangents. Tangent is the name of the game. That's going to be the name of my memoir, Tangent, <laughs> uh, with an exclamation point, Egu. No, I honestly, I could go on about Great Comet forever, but I don't think mm-hmm. I shall because I do want to keep this focused, or at least not focused, centered around Daitani. Yeah, yeah. But we are, we have hinted at the fact that you write, that you have a band. Yes. I think now's a wonderful opportunity. I've opened up a window, a window, where is it? a window. Mm. Courtney, tell the children, what do we write? Who's the band? What's she about? What's her life like? Starboard and the Phoenix is also a queer Fantasia on national themes. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha. Uh, an indie queer uh, pop, dream pop band in which my bandmate Andrew Swackhammer sings in the rafters above me, scrawling like Mika, a la Mika. Oh, Mika. Yeah, and it's just harmonies on harmonies on long legs on long legs. Supported by uh, crazy genius ukulele and auxiliary auxiliary instruments that come in and um, create a delightful pop uh, dream. Yeah? Yeah. So 
pop is the genre that you would say it is? I would say alt pop. We're going to say alternative pop because in this day and age, if you're playing live instruments, that's considered alternative. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So we have like, you know, uh, uh, our album was produced by Daniel A. Monde, mm-hmm. who is my roommate, actually, and also another collaborator of mine. I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. And we have sax, we have strings, we have some harp on our album. Yeah. Live instruments of the wazoo, honey. For a second, I didn't realize you were saying sax for a second. I thought you were saying sex oddly. Oh, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, we're, we are. And we uh, have socks. We have socks. Uh, no, there's, there's saxophone. I love that. Yeah. No, sometimes. Clarinet. Sometimes I just go, oh, we're, we're confessing stuff. Uh, LOL. Because I'm always confessing shit, but. <laughs> and and my guests sometimes will be like, Matt, you don't have to say everything. But, <laughs> but I don't know. We like to be honest here. Yeah. Uh, what is your writing process like? Do you usually are you a words first, music first? What's what what mm. comes? Word, words and melody come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what always? So talk to me about the last song you completed. What was that process like ooh, for you? Ooh, usually comes from the heart, from something that I need to get out of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get out, <laughs> uh, melody. Get. out. Out. Melody and <laughs> who do you think you are? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, um, melody and words come come together, and then I'll if I'm working with a collaborator, I'll go to the collaborator, and we'll figure out chord structure and uh, you know whatever's supporting it in terms of instruments. And if I'm writing it on my own, I'll I'll go to an instrument of choice, either piano or guitar, and I'll I'll figure it out from there. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I very melodically driven. Yeah, though. everybody has different processes, so I always like to ask people because yeah, it's all it's always different. And I know some people get in their head about like, oh, how should I go about this? The whole like, oh, writing every day. Do I do an exercise? Do I do whatever? I'm like, just just do do what comes naturally to you. Like, so for me, for example, when I write, um, if I'm doing creative writing, like a script or something, I tend to start with just dialogue and mm. and and have people kind of bounce off of each other and then sort of see where the scene can go from there. And then I'll come back and cut and, and try to find more dramatic structure. If I'm doing a review, I will just start writing about whatever first comes to my mind about what I'm reviewing. And honestly, 85% of the time that thing doesn't make it into the final review, but it gets me going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just find things to come back to. But yeah, I always like asking people about their process. That's a beautiful way to work. The What you just described. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just starting with something, even if it doesn't end up in the final product, you have that as your as your little germ. Absolutely, and honestly, little seedling. I'm a I'm a massive procrastinator. Yeah, me I, too. I am in the middle of writing. So I in addition. So in addition to this podcast, I do have a Patreon, and then I have an Instagram that sometimes people like to look through. But then I also get commissioned to write reviews for cast recordings. Mm. Not a lot, but you know, every dollar helps. If I'm going to see the Barbie movie 20 times this year, I need every dollar I can get. <laughs> but I'm in the middle of writing my reviews for this uh, Some Like It Hot cast recording and the soundtrack for The New Little Mermaid, which will be out by the time this episode drops. But I mean, I've I've owed my editor these reviews for like two weeks now. And ultimately, ultimately because there is no deadline, I'm always like dragging my feet about it. But finally, yeah. last night I like sat down and I was like, I'm going to write this on like a hot review if it kills me and i i started i had a thought i was harping on it and then i started writing specifically about something else and by the end of it like the thing i had started with wasn't in the final review and it didn't end up mattering Mm. uh 
It's magic. It's magic. It's magic. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. What has what changed in Titanic besides the no longer talking about the Panda Express from the asylum to Daryl Roth? And also, let's be honest, a glow up in set design. He <laughs> uh, In terms of script or in terms of staging? Well, staging, I, I well, sorry. Staging is pretty similar. Yeah, I know. It, so at the asylum, it was not totally three quarter thrust, but a little bit of a three quarter thrust. Yes. And it's much more proscenium now. With the yeah, Darryl I Roth. do miss that intimacy yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, being I, on the same level. Yeah, I feel that. But yeah. I will say, I mean, again, with with each new incarnation, new things come. But yeah, right. uh, script wise, any major changes? Hmm. Feckless Queef became Walking Yeast Infection. There's not a lot of major script changes in this one. I would say, oh, one big thing for, for Celine is that Celine now um, <laughs> plays these two little characters that, like, the backup singers uh, were before, which is Celine comes out and she's like, um, uh, Flush. Looks like you're never getting that ticket to the Titanic. Mwah, ha, 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 ha. The mm. mobster. We call yeah. the mobster. And then later, Bernard. The violin player, yes, in Titanic, which um, when I play is a, is, a, is a Russian gentleman. I love it. You don't have to pay me, sir, since you know this is the end for all of us. Yes, everyone's dying. You all don't need he, all I need is my crisp tuxedo jacket and my world-renowned violin playing skills. Guys, it's this. <laughs> this is talent. If ever I if ever I saw it, <laughs> lol. Yeah. Uh, who, besides uh, my future daddy Victor Garber, who else? Mm-hmm. Who else is Popped by the Titanic. Well, last night we had Amanda Seyfried. <gasps> yeah. I know. I really like her. She was she was great. She was a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else has come? Uh, Jane Krakowski. Mm. Darcy Carden. Oh, I cannot say enough beautiful things about Darcy Carden. She is Loved meeting her. What an angel. Never met her, but I did sit behind her at the Theater World Awards. When she won her Theater World Award, and oh. she was very excited and very gracious, and she got it. Was tor- it this year? It was this year. Yeah. Oh my god! That's she got amazing. it. She got it towards the end of the night when we all were just cold and tired, and she was yeah. still so excited to win, and it was very nice. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. She's a sweetie. Um, Kobe Smulders. Uh, uh, you're saying all the people. Margot Robbie. <gasps> Wait, I'm sorry. Barbie came. Barbie came. Please tell me she's as stunning in person as I she imagine. She is. And lovely. She didn't stay after, but we just saw her in the audience. And she was, it was like, wait. Bitch. Yeah, I know. She's a, she, how dare she go off and change the world and not stay afterwards? Like, <laughs> she's too busy creating the movie of the summer. Of oh, the my, year. Who That's are my right. other favorites? Well, I'll tell you that uh, my, my dear friend, Ingrid Michelson, came. Mm. Um, and obviously, it's always good to see her. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Uh, do you know? Um, oh God, what is his name? He's so famous for coming to see Titanic on a Friday evening in May. His name is Matt Koplik. <laughs> he was very famous for doing it. And honestly, who knows how many more times he's going to go see it? I've mm. I keep telling. Okay, so I famously have a lot of straight people in my family. <laughs> I th- I'm I'm pretty sure I'm the only. It takes straights to make a gay. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But that's where science comes in. Work. Work, science. Look at you go. <laughs> Thanks, Bill Nye. Bill Nye is the reason I can have a Bill baby. Nye is science. <laughs> Bill Nye is science. That is our other tagline. Bill Nye, she's science. But I, again, I think I might be the only gay in my family. Yeah. And that family of mine, you know, I have some who are very 
Sondheim-y esoteric and then the other half which is very like we're gonna go see Moulin Rouge for the fifth time we're taking our friends from out of town to see Anne Juliet and I'm like yeah sure work go for it but I keep telling them I really think you should go see Titanic yeah and I'm oh every time I do I'm like and I mean if you wanted to buy an extra ticket yeah I'd absolutely I'd go with you but uh so far I've been able to convince half of them to go but not take me so (laughs) I proud of you guys happy for you but i'm also like dang me it's my it, it's just that show is just fucking serotonin it's just mm. it injected into my veins it's just it's what 95 minutes 100 minutes yeah yeah give or take give, give or take, take depending how the spooky scary goes yes 100 minutes yeah 100 give or take on the audience too yeah absolutely yeah. and which I mean, listen again I'm all for a three and a half hour angels in america i'm all for a hundred minute titanic i'm always just about know exactly how long your story goes yep, for. Yeah. And that's the other thing about it. I love, uh, cause there are some other shows that may or may not be on Broadway now that may or may, or may not have <laughs> closed on Broadway in the last year or so. They did not read the room of how long they really have on the stage. Yeah. Especially with something that is silly, 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 scary. It's like y- you don't get four hours to do it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta button that shit up. Yeah. You gotta know how long you have before an audience begins to turn on you. So to, with Titanic, what makes it so great also is the movie. She famously very long. You know, she's she's Jesse Williams. She's long, but <laughs> but um, although very still very compelling. But so to shrink it to a hundred minutes, it's like it's very it moves very quickly and is very exciting. And so I'm always telling people, I'm like, I'm sorry, in and out in a hundred minutes with Celine Dion songs yeah. and a, and a story that you know. Yeah. And you're downtown so you can feel hip about it. Like, yeah. just just fucking do it. It's very, very fun. Yeah. And it's like candy. You know, you just want to keep on, keep on imbibing. Yeah. Yeah. What's a candy you enjoy? Oh, gosh. So I'm obsessed with these Haribo twin snakes. <laughs> I know. It's so, it's such a deep cut. They're a gummy. Yeah. They are, one side is sour and one, the other side is sweet. Mm-hmm. Kind of like me. Mm. Like all redheads, one might say. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the watermelon Sour Patch. Oh, Sour Patch watermelons, tried and true, classic, yeah. the best, wins, everything, right? Yeah. Sour Patch watermelons is it. Boots house down. But right now, I would say go out there, listeners. <laughs> Try yourself a, a twin snake. Listen, as a gay man, that sounds I'm, a, pretty gay, I'm, right? say I'm a big fan of the Two twin snakes. snakes. <laughs> Two snakes in my mouth? Yes, please. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. <laughs> that sounds like a menage a trois. <laughs> <laughs> also, okay. Do, do you know whose idea it was? Mm. Because I know you weren't there for like when the baby got conceived. I know the origin story. Okay, fan, I, I figured you would. I figured you would. Who, do you know whose idea it was that everyone, first of all, to make the iceberg Tina Turner and then to make everyone who had to get on a lifeboat lip sync for their life? Oh, you, oh, God! I asked the one question you yeah, don't know. Yeah, you asked the one question I don't know. This is why I'm good at what know. I do. I do know that Ty Blue, our director, was a casting director for um, RuPaul's The Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's, we're going to have to fact check all this. We'll have yeah. to fact check that. But, I mean, listen, I, I, I think. I thought you were going to ask the origin story of how they came up with the idea. Well. So that I do know, but then I realized my listeners probably don't because they're not me who, A, did research for this podcast, but also when I'm bored and thinking about a show I like, I just start Googling it and then I start to see things. So I've seen it, but I'm going to do my best acting 
mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you, Courtney Bassett, for my, my, for my uncultured fucks who don't do what I do. Okay. What is the origin story of Titanic? Like the origin story of Titanic. Ah, uh, the legend goes <laughs> that Broadway's Marla Mandel and Constantine Rizzuli were doing dinner theater for $75 and fish and red sauce <laughs> in Los Angeles. And Constantine, they were doing these movie music parody musicals like scream the musical yeah. and cruel intentions and cruel intentions etc yeah. and i believe that constantine had the idea uh we're gonna do titanic i'm gonna be jack and pointed to marlon said you're gonna be celine dion and she said absolutely not and uh he made her do it mm-hmm. and the rest is history so ty blue constantine rizzuli and marlon mandel write the book of this musical they weave in in such an amazing, brilliant manner, the songs of Celine Dion, mm. and there you have the baby Titanic. Mm-hmm. And before y'all get in your heads about your own process, just know it took a few years to get to where we are now. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yes, they did it. They did it in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They brought it to New York City. They do uh, some readings at Green Room 42. They get the support and the love from David Foster, producer of Celine Dion's music. He gives the thumbs up. And uh, they get the sensational Broadway producer, Eva Price, to come on board. Mm-hmm. And and there we go. There we go. That's the history, boys. Do you, do you know officially now if Celine knows about the show? She does know. Do you remember the day when everyone found out that she knew? Oh, I don't remember that day in particular. There have been several days where Celine's people have come around. Her backup dancers have come. Mm-hmm. I met uh, her tour producers. I talked yeah. to them about it. was her birthday the day that they came, so they were telling me what she's doing because it's her birthday. That's nice. We talked about her influence on all of us. Yeah. And I, obviously she hasn't come to see it. She's also not in wonderful health these yeah. days. But do you know she's been able to see any content from the show i don't know if she's been able to see content from the show i just know that she knows of it and has heard wonderful things that's good yeah that's good again we like it when nice people are nice yes yeah um what is a trick then to be to play celine you you mentioned sort of the wide-eyed innocence but you know when you have to go on for her because you you have a very specific take on her when you do the role which i love um you know obviously when you're going into a part that has been set before you take over, there are things you have to do. And the same thing with Comet, right? Like there's there's staging you have to do. There's yeah. there's certain moments that just are always planted, but you also have to bring your own sense of self to it. Yes. So what is something that you do? Uh, how, how do you approach Celine? How do I approach Celine? Celine. I got to get to that really earnest place in myself, in my heart. I have to, you know, the, the touching of the heart. Um, if you want to, for me, curl up your left lip. Uh-huh. It's a lot of like smirking. Smirking. It's a lot of like looking around like you, like Marla always says, like you just smelled a fart. You just smelled the or fart? Like, or like you're seeing the world for the first time. And I give her like a honk. So I uh, take voice lessons with the legendary Joan later. Mm. And um, a lot of what we've worked on with Celine is the honk. But that's just... That's just a part of the French Canadian dialect. This like goose sound, like honk. Hello, drive for me. Hello, how are you? How are you? Oh my god, that's amazing. Is it? Yes. Oh. Oh, how are you? Oh, how are you? Bonjour. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, that was great. Thank you. 
yeah. Oh, that I can't do. Yeah. You just did it. I, I did yes, it. Yes, you said you can't, and you did. Joan, Listeners, get at me. Weirdos win. Weirdos win. <laughs> oh, God. No, all right. I'm trying to, okay. I'm trying to do, let's let's take a line from the show. I'm yeah. Saying. Not just the Rosemont Jack of the Clockers plant, which is, I don't know why that's stuck in my head forever. Because, I don't know. It just is. Because you're gay. Because I'm very gay. <laughs> I'm gay. So, okay, what line do you like? I don't know. Now I'm on the spot. Bonjour, everybody. It is me, Celine Dion. Bonjour, everybody. It is me, Celine Dion. Okay, no, no, Give no, me no, a nothing. little bit more heft. Give me, lean Her? into your buh. Buh? Bonjour, everybody. Bonjour, everybody. Yes. Okay. It All is right. me, Celine Dion. It is me, Celine Dion. Yes, he hit his chest. I did. Ha-ha. Bonjour, everybody. It is me, Celine Dion. Bonjour, everybody. It is me, Celine Dion. Yes. Wait for it. Wait for it. Shall we go for it? Shall we go for it? Uh, honestly, you're a sleigh. You're a work and surf. I think you're only saying this because you're in my house right now. You're on my home turf. And you know that I have people in the back who will slay you for realsies. Oh, no. She always does like a, uh, you can't see this, but she's got, she's, she does like the okay sign mm. with her hand. Yeah. And she'll keep it here. But she'll also have it on her hip when she's singing. It's kind of like a grounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was what was the Victor Garber movie that they reference at first? Because they say Kung Fu Panda Two. That was my favorite movie. Girlfriend. Uh, high five, girlfriend. But there was another five, one. Girlfriend. Oh, oh, oh uh, Victor Garber of Alias. And the TV show. Alias. Alias. That is Legally Blonde Erasure, and I won't stand for it. That is Life of Mikey LOL. Erasure. Victor Garber, man. That man Well, I mean, he was a villain in Legally Blonde, though. Sure was. I. Mm. But, but that's sort of the thing about Victor Garber. And actually, no, actually this is what I'll say. When, when Ruth says, you've been in so many movies, I can't think of any right now. Mm. But every time I see it, I'm like, there's Victor Garber. I'm like, first of all, we're all faggots at heart. We all immediately think of <laughs> Legally Blonde. Sure, he's a villain in it, but... Legally blonde. Uh, he's he's also the head of wool in Thirty Rock, but that's a deeper cut. Oh, you know I don't know that deep cut. I'm so sorry. That, again, homophobia. But speaking of Jane yeah. Krakowski, now uh, Jenna is auditioning to be the spokeswoman of wool, just wool, and just wool just in general. Wool in general. And and Victor Garber is like the CEO of wool, and every time he sees something that Jenna does that he likes, he goes, "Ah, oh, very wool." That's gay rights. That is gay rights. Listen, Victor Garber can cover me in wool if he wants. He yeah. may be 75 years old, but I will still stand for it. Oh, he's an absolute zaddy. He's, oh yeah, he's he's also been a zaddy since like 1980. So it doesn't matter how old he gets. It's always. He's gorge. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. The, I mean, those mutton chops and Sweeney Todd, they're <laughs> disgusting. But on him, I take it. Swing that razor high, Sweeney. Uh, right into me, Sweeney. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of which, are you going to see your my, castmate? Oh, my pal Joshi. Uh, gosh, when I, uh, maybe over the summer. Yeah, try over the summer. See Miss Groban if you can. Yeah. Yeah. She she doesn't get very messy, but she sings real good. One of their sweet producers, Matt Ross, came to see our show last night. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see this fully fully realized Sween. Yeah. And and they do <laughs> drop Sween. I bet. Full, all nine <laughs> inches of Sween. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a fun show. Uh, how long are you in Titanic? Are you allowed to say? I am allowed to say uh, I uh, will be in the show uh, and I'll be taking a break starting July 9th. Okay. Well, luckily this episode will be coming out before July 9th. Yay! So people, 
You can get those tickets now. Get those tickets now to Titanic. Titanic, if you can. Ah, oh, God. I'm going to try to see it again if I can. Please I, do. Who in my family have I not emotionally blackmailed yet <laughs> to pay for a ticket for me? Because they all like me, but... I've, I've asked for enough favors. Now I have to go into the like, I think you owe me this one. LOL. A friend of mine is is queer and dates, you know, people of all genders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said to me last night, she was like, I'm only dating men if they buy me tickets to things. So I had someone buy me a ticket to this tonight. <laughs> that is what we call a queen. That's right. On that note, let's take one more break. Really, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. And we're back. Uh, cool. So after Titanic, mm. besides seeing Josh Groban show Sween, do you have any other plans for July? And as also, also, by the way, seeing Barbie. Oh, gosh. Other than the Barbie movie? And other than Little Mermaid? Well, I have not seen this new Little Mermaid uh that will be happening on disney plus but i will say once barbie comes out that's not just you know my whole weekend that's honestly my whole august is i'll just be seeing it taking other people to see it i'm so sorry it's gonna become my personality for a while Bart the barbie movie yeah just the barbie movie just the barbie movie what's gonna become my personality oh gosh i don't know my personality is already hair and crop tops I mean, so, you you are you you have a magnificent head of hair. Thank you so much. Thank I, you. I thank you so much. I would. I don't think I'd murder someone, but I would frame someone for murder to have your hair. Well, if I ever chop it off, I'll just send it to you in the mail. Thanks, Fontaine. to make you feel really weird. Thank you so much. <laughs> um. Uh. What are my plans? Oh gosh. Or is your plans to have no plans? My plans. Uh. I'm gonna be going to the Grand Cayman on a on a romantic vacation Ooh. and uh i'm gonna be going to be on the beach and i am working on a new musical <gasps> he 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 uh that was written by my friend daniel e Mond, and we're who she does not have socks with i do not have socks with that would be like having socks with your brother um, and this I is mean, not this is not Helene and uh, Anatole in the Great Comet. Okay. Oh, were they incestuous? Oh, Hondo P. I I didn't go know watch that. And, just go back and watch some clips. I watched some clips. Also, read you know a little bit of War I, and Peace. I'm sorry. Did you just tell me to read? The, ah! In this economy. In this economy. Courtney, really? In this climate, you're telling me to read? Oh my god. What's reading? I don't read. I only write. What is reading? Follow me on TikTok. Bye. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I was going to make a flowers in the attic joke, but oh, you were yeah, because th- those those siblings be fucking in that attic. Yeah, well, okay, so yeah, uh, Helene and Anatole, just go see about yeah, it. Gonna, but um, I'm going to go see a horse about that. Yes, go see a horse about that. Uh, uh, this musical is called Kill the Whale. It's based off of Moby Dick. It's a rock opera, mm. and uh, the music is just sensational. Uh, and we're working on it. Hopefully, we're going to have a concert coming up. That's very exciting. I mean, yeah. I've, I've Check followed Kill the Whale Official dot com. Yes. I have followed uh, Daniel's work on that for a while now, and it, but it's been a minute since I've uh, seen anything. So I'm looking forward to all the new content. For we that. would love to have you in the audience and get recognized. I, well, first of all, <laughs> Courtney, let's be real here. I could go to a Starbucks in Arizona That's and get recognized. Right. 
they would say, hey, you're that gay with opinions, right? And I'm right. like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's, um, I know, I think, I, I think the magic is that it has, it has to be a production of Titanic somewhere. So it'll be like Korea, Australia, but it, it, only that show, anywhere that else. That will happen. I think, yeah. That, yeah, that will happen. That's very exciting. I love forward to being able to travel the world. Yeah. And I, I look forward to shipping you out wherever I'm selling. I look forward to that too. That is going to be a great day. I'll be I'll be on the ship of dreams to see the ship of dreams. Please, please, please do ship of dreams. What is it's a, getting better? It's getting there. It's it's no, it's, <laughs> it's not getting better. It doesn't get better for some of us. It only gets worse. <laughs> but what is a Celine song that you think doesn't get enough love? Ooh, and let's talk about love. Because that's the title Let's of that talk album, about right? Love. I had that album. Uh, actually, do you know there's a song? I'm falling into you. That song is a deep cut. Um, you are the reason. Do you know that song? It sounds familiar. Go, go on. That's that's, <laughs> that's, all that's, I got that's right now. Okay. I'm so sorry. She's got a show later today. She can't. She uh, can't no, no, no. I, I can. But you are the reason is one of. Oh, my favorites. Oh, also just like her courage. Don't you dare fail me now. I need you to, to keep away the doubt. That song, you know, after Renee passed and, yeah. and the courage to go on, the courage to go on tour, the courage to live without the love of your life. I, mm-hmm. God, it just breaks my heart. And I got to see the Courage World Tour in 2020. So I, I, I don't know if n- enough people are talking about courage mm. in that album. Which also has, um, you love me back to life. Do you know that one? I don't. Oh, please go listen to that one. Okay. Th- this album is very Sia influenced. In fact, she worked with some of the same songwriters. We'll have to fact check this. Okay. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to fact check nothing. I'm going to take everything you say as okay. fact. And if they want to uh-huh. sue us for it. I just say, li- listen to love me back to life. Love me back listen to life. Listen to her new, her new stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, I will, I will, I will do that. Yeah. Um, I am. Listen, I, I've always liked her. Uh, daddy of the podcast, Tyler Milliron, whose studio we are in right now. Uh, famously, Bonjour, daddy. Bonjour, daddy. Uh, <laughs> Tyler loves Selene. Daddy Tyler, I love you so much. Oh, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> he loves Selene. When we lived together, he would talk about her, and I'm like, what an interesting person for you to oh, love. Oh, Tyler, I didn't know you were a Celine Dion geek. Yeah. Tyler, am I making that up? I know. I, I remember he talked about Rest her. Rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. R. Tyler. She dead. She moved to the city. Now she's dead. But, you know, he talked about her all the time. And I was like, it, it wasn't yeah. that it was a random person. But of all the people for Tyler, I was like, oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. no, she's always followed me. But um, after today, I got to say, I'm like looking forward to going back out there yeah. and getting into more of her. I'll send you some her. deep cuts. Please do. I will. Yeah. I enjoy watching her on the talk shows. Uh, I enjoy watching her performances in award shows. Her... She did when she did my heart will go on. I think it was the VMA, no, not VMAs, the Grammys. When she mm. it was because it was the anniversary and she had the big puffy white sleeves. Oh yeah, I think that was the Grammys. I yeah. think that was the Grammys, and because oh. it, it was, I believe it was the twentieth anniversary of Titanic, of uh, maybe. Mm, I'm not sure. I just I know the dress and I know the updo. Yep, the updo, and they and I know it was a half step down. Yeah, and she, <laughs> and she was well. She was you know it was. Uh, circular stage and like a sea of people and then on the other end of the arena or whatever the fuck they were at was the uh what was it what's the instrument is it a oboe is it a clarinet is a 
the, the tin whistle tin whistle they had a soloist tin whistle do the bridge like on another island across the the audience from her it was very oh, fun oh wow yeah deep cut it's uh when you go to see titanic the musical you'll hear a voice at the beginning and that's my voice yeah it is that's me and you guys hear that nice little clean soprano she's played clara in light in the piazza everybody (laughs) she has she fell yes that's right These are very popular in Italy. Italy. (laughs) Here she fell. And uh, and Matt's played Margaret. I have played Margaret. (laughs) Listen, I will not rest until I have sung all of Victoria Clark's resume. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Next up, Kimberly Akimbo. Work. Listen, when I'm alone in my apartment, do I sing Make-A-Wish? Yes, I absolutely do. Which is such a weird song to sing by yourself. It's a beautiful song, but it's not one where you're like, I'm home alone. I'm going to diva out. Oh, I need to see the show. It's so fucking lovely. I really need to see yeah. it. Listen. Uh, Speaking of which, Bonnie Milligan did come to see us. Oh, God. Yeah. When she's done with, with Kimberly. Yes. Ever go into whatever fucking role she wants. Yes, in, absolutely. In yeah. Absolutely. It's, I feel like you like quirky shows, right? A hundred percent. Fantastic. Uh, I've known some people who did not love Kimberly. I understand why, uh, but also like, I think people had heard such amazing things about it, and they went in expecting like Les Mis level of musicality of just like bowl you over with like mm. sound and like no, it's a quiet show. Yeah, it's like being I, I described it in my review as like being lowered into a warm bath, mm. and it's not until the end you're like, why is my face all wet? It's like mm, because you've just been, yeah, you've been sitting yeah. these characters for two and a half hours. Beautiful. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's just delightful. But when you're done with that, not you, but my listeners, when you're done yeah. with Kimberly. Then go see Titanic. Honestly, yes, please. a perfect two-show day for me. Yes. Those two shows, back-to-back, which in whatever order you like. That's I described – I did a post uh, a week or so ago, which was – okay. So the day the day that I saw you, I had done a post which was um, uh, underrated musical theater scores. And then like a week or so later, I did shows to rec- – musicals to, rec- to recommend the musical theater hater. And I did one for Titanic. Uh, which was the recommend this to the hater who just wants to stay in and binge friends all night. <laughs> and I said, you know, like an episode of friends, you know what the plot's going to be, but unlike friends, you don't know how it's going to get there. And it's downtown where the friends lived. Uh, and also like, like friends, nineties nostalgia. But I described the vocals as, I think it's a dom top vocals with a sub bottom attitude. Ah! Oh, God damn it. That's good, Matt. Yeah. I mean, dom that's- top vocals. Hundred fucking percent, yep. man. But everyone has a sub bottom attitude about it. So it's like it's um to bring it back to drag race when they did the Divas Live lip sync and Shangela was Mariah Carey and ends with a giant riff. She goes, Ta-da, still got it. For me, it's y'all pissing all over the floor with the vocals, and then once you're done, rather than being like, Yeah, it's like uh, look what happened by accident and then like yes. walking off stage. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that. I love that. When you, again, yeah. it's the having nothing to prove and just doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And I think that that's the essence of Celine Dion is just that, that humility and like, Oh, this is just, this is what I do. This yeah. is, this is my gift to you. <laughs> exactly. And in turn you gift me with just by being here. And that's, that's the beauty of, of the show and of, and of theater. And she does she does it for the parents and the children of the world. Yeah, for the for the for the mothers of the world, for the fathers, and for, for all of the children. So 
everybody in the whole world. <laughs> yep. Which speaking of Kathy Griffin, she re- she references that because that was in her yeah. concert. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She, Kathy talks about how uh, Celine. She comes up. She's like, "May I sit with you, please?" And sits at the edge of the stage. And everyone goes, "Oh my God, Celine sitting with us." And then Celine goes, "I would like to uh, take a moment. This song is for the parents of the world and the children of the world." Or and Titanic, the mothers, the fathers, and the children of the world. And then just ends it there. But Kathy Griffin, in her stand-up, she goes, so, everybody? Yeah. And it's, 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 it's wonderful. It's a wonderful moment. Kathy Griffin, another redhead I love. Oh, gosh. Although I would never want to see everywhere. her sing. I would never want her to sing Titanic, ever. Sorry, Kath. I hope she comes to see the show, because I think she would fucking love it. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I'm sure she will. If anybody who listens somehow knows Kathy Griffin, Tell her she must come see Titanic. Yeah, come on, Kath. And then take me with her because she's got the money she can bring me. That's right. And we'll both get recognized. You'll get recognized. Yeah. They'll, well, they'll say, who's that redhead with Matt Coppola? Exactly. I'm like, that's Kathy Griffin. <laughs> oh, no, another one of Kathy your stories. Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin, another one of your stories. <laughs> uh, anywho, Courtney, this has been a blast. What a treasure. I, you are. You are. The the uh, unique, the chic, metcoplique. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, was there any, I feel like the, we, before we recorded, we talked about like an anecdote that we wanted you to talk about. Mm. Did we? I don't know. This is the problem we, when we don't plan this shit out is we're like, we're totally going to cover this. And then we just get into shit and we enjoy each other so much that we just, or at least I like to think. Was, uh, yeah, no. Was there anything that was different seeing me as your first other Celine? Uh Was there anything that was different about the show that you were like, oh my gosh? That's the thing is, I don't think so. Like, while you and Marla have very, because it's not wildly different, but it's also not the same. It's like cousins Mm -hmm. approach to Celine. Mm -hmm. It's in the same family, not siblings. Mm Mm-hmm. Close cousins, mm-hmm. cousins that see each other once a month. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of that interpretation. Uh, and I have seen three different Cal's. I have seen two different Jacks, two different Roses, two different Ruths. The show itself does not change. The energy doesn't change, even though the performances have similar but also different vibes, which I think is a really important thing to have mm-hmm. because the show has to have a similar impact each night. And you don't want to stifle the people who are going into each role, but That's they all, right. but the result still has to kind of be the same. So I think what I've enjoyed is that it's everyone sort of coming together to make sure the journey ends the same way whilst doing your own things with it. Hmm. So I I enjoyed watching you. And I think I wouldn't have enjoyed watching you if my final results with the journey was different. If I was like, I'm not as th- happy right now. I don't like Courtney. But no, I was just as titillated by the end. <laughs> so why wouldn't I love you? You were, you were, you were wonderful. Um, you know, my, cal- my first cal was John Riddle. My second cal was Mark Evans. Shout out to my English daddy. Uh, he did um, a reading of my play. Oh! Yeah, he's so talented. Yeah, he's a he's a talented man. He, I got to act opposite him that day and uh, act like we were in love, and it was not a burden. Let me tell you, <laughs> he's a very handsome gent. Yeah, he knows he's very that. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was nice to see him be like sassy for once because when I saw him in Mrs. Doubtfire, I was like, I love you, but you're wasted in this role. Like you need to like yeah. you need to let loose, baby. Yeah, and yeah. he does his cal or did. He's gone yeah. now. R.I.P. And then uh, my third cal was when you went on, and it, he had played Jack the week before. Um, What's his name? Brad. Yeah, Brad. He was a wonderful Cal. Yeah. Uh, but you know the the journey's always been the same, and I've, it's Beautiful. always been it's always been a ship of dreams. Yeah. 
I can't think if there's anything else we were gonna we were gonna do, but I think that's it. Yeah. If I were to go into Titanic, where would you want me? Victor Garber. Are you serious? I'm. It's the gayest role. It is, and you get to be Louis, uh, Mario. No, yes. Luigi. Luigi. Right. Yeah. Luigi. Yeah. This has been Gorgine. Courtney. Gorgine. Gorgine. What a delight. Um, where can people find you if you want them to find you? CourtneyBassett.com or on my Instagram, CourtneyBee. <laughs> You'll find me, Courtney Bassett, on the Instagrams. Yes. She's she's everywhere. She's like a herpes you want. I'm everywhere. She's red and everywhere. You'll never get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, nor would we want to. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram. At Matt Coplick, usual spelling. No other social medias. If you like the podcast, you can give us a nice little rating, uh, five stars, if you please, or a little review. As I've been mentioning, you guys have been really killing it with these reviews. We have a new one, <clears throat> and I'm going to read it now. Uh, cue the Light in the Piazza Overture, please. Five stars. The title is Matt Cries Prettier Than Philippa Sue. Courtney is laughing into her hand right now. Uh, I had to delete my previous review, but a lot has changed with me since my last review. So dot, dot, dot. Matt, thank you so much for this podcast. I live way out in the sticks, AKA, I can't stress this enough. Very conservative. Nikiski, Alaska, Alaska. Uh, I wanted you to know how far and wide your podcast has spread. Thank you. I don't have a lot of friends who are as passionate about musical theater as me. And when I see a new episode in my feed on Thursday morning, I jump for joy. I often find myself listening to past episodes many times over. For example, I will listen to the Smile, Doubt, and Kimberly Akimpo episodes till the day I die. Two of those are with Allie Gordon. Uh, You have gotten me through some rough times and have taught me so much. Like, which is the superior wild party? (laughs) And why finding Neverland is trash. L-O-L. I do say that a lot. This pod and all its LGBTQ plus hosts guests have really been helping me step into my own skin. And for that, I thank you. Heart emoji. Thank you, Jackson. That was lovely. I'm not crying, but I, I my eyes are a little wet. Um, yeah, as I, I've said this many times, I cry way more easily these days but sometimes you guys just really hit me in the ovaries with your reviews <laughs> we close out every episode of this pod with a broadway diva usually broadway sometimes we'll expand uh is there a broadway diva you would like to play us out today patty fucking lapone yeah i love her so much <gasps> so fun fact when we do our commercial breaks when i say let's take a little break patty lapone is our transitional music thank god it's Patty Lapone and anything goes. You're Good. There's a cutout. There's a cutout of her backstage, as you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes on stage. And when I'm having a rough moment, I really do go over to Patty and be like, "Hey, Patty, what would you do? WWPD? Yeah. What would Patty do? What would Patty do?" And she'd say, "She would have boundaries. She would. She would have boundaries, and she's like, and then have a Chardonnay and fuck the hottest guy in your cast. That's fucking right. Patty Lapone would break you in half, all of you, every single one of you. Dom top. Well, dom top." With a power bottom bevel. She, because I think Patty, no, I think Patty is a dom bottom because. Oh, really? Oh, I think she has broken many a dick in half. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, no, maybe dom top. The way I described the difference between dom tops and power bottoms with women. Yeah. Is the, the mind frame of a dom top is, uh, this is mine and power bottoms are, give it to me. Yeah. So it's the thing. It's, you have to look at the item. You could also call that a verse bottom. 
Verse bottom. <laughs> we've 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 known many of them. Their versatility is the key of life, y'all. That's, That's what makes right. all of us weirdos. So we're gonna do Patty. We're gonna do Patty. Love you, Patty. <laughs> Love you, Patty. It just can't be anything goes. So I got to think of something else. How is Patty Lepone doing over there? I love you, Patty. I love you, Patty. Who do you think you are? All right. Uh, that's it for us, you guys. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I believe next week. Oh, so uh, next week will be our return to the big move. Uh, uh, shows that moved from Off-Broadway to Broadway. I'm not going to tell you what it is or who the guest is, but it is a fun Broadway guest who was in the show that we discussed. Yeah, that's it. Have a great week, you guys, and take it away, Patty. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.